Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Plus, curate your dream setup with great deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com slash deals, you'll have access to leading-edge technology and free shipping on everything. Again, that's dell.com slash deals. This is The Rich Eisen Show with guest host... Kirk Morrison. Let's start this program with Jefferson Leap to catch it. He caught it! Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. He didn't get out of there! No! He fell down! Yes! The Vikings are going to win! I'm just pissed off of all that effort for that to be the result. Today's guests, PHNX NFL insider Howard Balzer, host of the Business of Sports podcast, Andrew Brandt, 10-year NFL veteran Ben Lieber, and now sitting in for Rich, it's Kirk Morrison. Ah, everybody, welcome in. Welcome in to the Rich Eisen Show. I am Kirk Morrison in for Rich Eisen today as uh, Rich is on a plane back from Munich, Germany, as he called the uh, yesterday's Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Seattle Seahawks game uh, over in Germany. An outstanding game, by the way. I, I watched. Rich was actually in his bag yesterday, fellas. Yeah, he, was. he had the one-liners going. was a great listen. He, Kurt Warner, Michael Irvin, and the coach, Steve Mariucci. But I, I know I'm here, uh, and I'm never alone. I'm always with my guys. So it was great to be with you, TJ, Steve, and uh, yeah. I mean, Steve, Chris. I was like, who's yeah. Steve? Are you on Mike, Steve? I mean, Mike and Chris. Mike, you kind of look yes. like a Steve. It's good to see I you guys. Like hey, first yes, of all, I'm glad to be back with you guys. You, I'm glad to be here. And first of all, you know, last night I, there was a therapy session. I had a therapy session last night. And it was more so an NFL therapy session. Because you realize that sometimes as an NFL fan, because I'm as a former player, I'm always going to have connections to certain teams. For me, I happen to be a Raider fan. I grew up in Oakland as a Bay Area guy and played for the Raiders, so I'm always going to be a Raider fan. But it was great last night that I had a therapy session, and I want to thank you guys, by the way. You guys were part of my therapy last (laughs) night because last night there was a group, and you never know, they come unsolicited, these group texts. (laughs) And first of all, I'm I'm glad it wasn't a text message from a politician or, hey, (laughs) are you going to vote today? Do you have your, like, first of all, those texts are now gone. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Please stop texting. Yes, I have never typed the word capitalized stop so many times (laughs) in the last, like, stop, please, like, stop. I don't want, okay, I'm done, I'm done. But last night, you guys, you know, we were all talking, and you could see just what sports does to folks and how everybody has their own agony right <laughs> you know I'm agonizing on you know what happened in the Raiders game yesterday and TJ's agonizing over what's going on with the Dallas Cowboys Brock is all good because yeah the uh Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, he's still agonizing. Over <laughs> What's going on with my watch? Right Apple Watch's heart rate just spiked up for some reason. 
Or the Red October is getting close to us. <laughs> One thing only. It, it, was, it, was fun, it was fun to just kind of talk and, and go through just how great the NFL was on Sunday. Yeah, man. Right? And it started like that that early morning game. I don't know how you guys really feel about the, the international I series. I love it. It's Having like, a fourth window of football? Yeah, are you kidding me? It's amazing. And plus, because I have a, I have a young child, I'm up yes. at before 6 a.m. anyway. Yes. So getting up at 6 and then, bam, there's a game on. Are you, <laughs> so I'm going 6.30 all the way to 8.30 at night. It's the greatest thing ever. It's a lot. It's a lot to consume. But for me, like you mentioned, I'm on a flight, early morning flight, coming back from Oklahoma City from where my college football game was, which was Iowa State at Oklahoma State. So I'm like, I got football on the plane. So I wake up and I'm watching football on the plane. And it's for many people, I don't know if you thought before the season that the Seattle Seahawks <laughs> taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was the game that you like get excited about. But it was actually a game that I was truly excited yeah. to watch because you had Tom Brady and what he did in terms of the, the week prior against the Rams, coming back with just, what, 40 seconds on the clock, leads this team to a touchdown to win a football game. It's like, are they for real now? Are the Bucks back? And then you got Seattle, and Seattle with Geno Smith, who obviously right now if the playoffs started, the Seattle Seahawks will be the division winner in the NFC West. Nobody had that going. But still, I'm watching that game, and I'm excited. I'm seeing Tom Brady do Cobra Kai kicks after he doesn't get a reception as a intercept. You saw that? Yeah, like, What? <laughs> Why would they run that play? I have no idea. They it's were just, shredding them on that drive. Yeah, it's it's Tom Brady was called for tripping, and it was just a little bit too much. But a little too much. It was the start of a good Sunday. It was the start of a good football weekend, and or a football Sunday, I should say. But I think the biggest thing overall was that you sit back and you just kind of watch. And I don't know what it is about the NFL this year. Maybe you guys can help me out. But I just can't turn away. I mean, sometimes even the bad games are actually really good because I seem like every time you look, there's a one possession game, mm-hmm. one possession game. Oh, this this team is never truly out. And then you see the teams that are up seventeen nothing. And here we goes goes back to my Raiders again. Um, you're, some teams were up seventeen nothing or seventeen or more, and yet teams keep finding a way to come back. I mean, yesterday, last week, I did my midseason awards. And one of the, the awards that I had was, okay, midseason award, what was your game of the year? What's your game of the year so far in the NFL? Before, my game of the year was week five over in London, New York Giants beating the Green Bay Packers. And that late like barrage of points in the second half by Saquon and Brian Dayball as they started that spiral for the Green Bay Packers. Remember, the Packers went on, what, a four or five game losing streak, and it started with the New York Giants. That was my game of the year, because it was, and it was the early morning game to Brock's point. I got up early, I watched, I was like, oh, wow, Aaron Rodgers, oh, they, they, they're bad this year. The New York Giants are good. And then you start to say, like, wow, okay. You're watching a game in Minnesota and Buffalo yesterday. And I don't know how Buffalo fans are can handle losses like that. A, a game in which the game is in your hands and you forget just a little bit of a you think something that's so elementary, something that you could do in Pop Warner High School is just a snap of a football. Snap of a football. You snap the ball, you get it, you kneel down or you get the ball out of the they were backed up in their own end zone, but you get a little push just and the game's forward. over. It's all over. 
but you forward. had you had the emotions of the ball being fumbled by the quarterback, right? Morse, Morse the center. The exchange, you do that over and over. How many times has the quarterback in the center? That's the first thing they do, right? They go up to the warm-ups. Yep. What you see? The center quarterback exchange. Right. And the easiest thing, I don't know if you guys knew, but the first position I actually ever played in football, I was the center. Me too. I was the center. And this is how good coaching helps out, right? So you get good coaching is that you, you got a coach that comes up to you and says, hey, son, I want you to play the most important position on the team. <laughs> You're like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, coach, I, I love to play quarterback. <laughs> yeah. I said, no. You know who's more important to quarterback? And I'm like, who is, oh, coach? Tell me. <laughs> the center. You're like, okay. I'm like, the center? Like, first of all, like, nobody knows who the center is. The only time you know who the center is is if he messes up. <laughs> True <laughs> not. But this is where a good coaching comes in. He says, you know what? If there's anybody on this team I trust to touch the ball every single every play, play, it's you. It's you, Morrison. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's you, Morrison. It's I'm in like, your head, right? Now he's in my head, like, like yeah, yeah. I'm feeling important, important. I'm all, you know, I chest pumped out. Because you're center. like, I, yeah, I do touch the <laughs> yeah, ball every I do play. Touch, I'm, remember, and this is, this is, I always, I would never forget, he always said this we can't start a play until you touch the football. I was like, wow. Man, he got you hyped. So he was hyped. Oh, he got me hyped. <laughs> that's what coaching is no, doing, Kirk right? Hyphy. Yeah, I was high field, all of that. And that's what people don't understand. Like, there's a lot of Jeff Saturdays out there for people that understand that you don't always have to be this highly qualified coach. I know we're going to get into that at some point. Jeff Saturday, the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, congratulations to him on his first win for a guy with no prior history as a head coach in the college or the NFL. Just happened against my Raiders. But anyway, but <laughs> just going back to the game, Minnesota and Buffalo. That not only had a blunder of a play between Josh Allen and his center, but then arguably probably one of the greatest catches of the year already as well when it comes to Justin Jefferson on fourth and 18, I believe it was, fourth and 18. And at that point, I'd almost just turned the game off. I was like, oh, it's over. This thing's done. And literally, as I'm about to change the game, I believe I was going to switch over to, I think, the Bears – uh, they were blowing it in the process of blowing it to the Lions. <laughs> yeah, Bears and Lions. So I got like all these games going on. I'm getting ready to uh, to um, you know broadcast the the Cardinals and the Rams yesterday. So I got like all this stuff going on. I got like five different games going on. I'm like, oh, this game is probably over. And yet, Kirk Cousins makes a throw, and Justin Jefferson made an unbelievable catch. One in which. I mean, is it up there with the Odell Beckham catch? I think that that still kind of stands alone. And it was a point in time in which it happened. And it was against the Cowboys. And it was Sunday Night Sunday Football. And the game like, they lost, by the way. Yeah, but if that game yesterday was on prime time, that would be one of the greatest catches we've ever seen. It saved not only a, a game, but it may propel, it may put the Minnesota Vikings into a position to be the number one seed in the NFC. It was 4th and 18. Fourth and, if the Philadelphia Eagles slip up, I'm just saying, like, the Minnesota Vikings, and look, I have to be a Minnesota Minnesota Vikings fan, right? My college quarterback is the head coach. This is my guy, Kevin O'Connell. Shout out to San Diego State. Got to get that reference in there, too. Yeah, buddy. But he's one of the guys who I'm pulling for, and to watch the Minnesota Vikings go out, find a way to win, that's what it's really all about when it comes to the NFL. And that's what I saw throughout the day yesterday, is teams finding ways to win. That's what the NFL is you can never bury a team because once you try to bury them, all of a sudden they find ways to win. How many people had the Green Bay Packers winning yesterday against the Dallas Cowboys? 
Oh, you did, come on, TJ. You didn't have him win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. Back, well, guys. he did when he predicted the game in like three months ago. But it was so, a, and he, last week? He called it. I called, I, called it. Yeah, Kirk, I really did. He said that weird stuff happens in Green Bay <laughs> for his team. He was actually all over it. But you didn't expect to blow a 14-point lead in the process, though. I mean, that's... I mean, I just said something weird is going to happen. We're going to lose this game. I'm well okay. on record on saying that. It was just well, it's, one of those it was, things, man. It was a lot of weird things that It's happened. like this, Kirk. It, you know, if you go up to a fence, right? If you go up to a fence and there's a dog <laughs> and there's a sign that says, don't pet dog bites, and you still go up there and go, can I pet that dog? And you put your <laughs> hand in, you know you're going to get bit, right? right. Because, and that's kind of how I felt. Like, I knew what was going to happen. So the twenty, the 14-point lead diminished. Yeah. I was just sitting at home like, yeah, this yeah, this, this has already happen. been written. I'm just like, you know, catching up. Yeah, it was just so much in a, in a full day of NFL, and I can't wait to get caught up on everything. I mean, why are we? Why am I not leading the show talking about Tua Tagovailoa and the Miami Dolphins, the number one or the first place AFC first place, East man. Miami Dolphins? We're not even talking about Tua, right? We're not talking about the Tennessee Titans. It was just, it was so much good football yesterday. That we've buried the leads on a lot of teams. And yeah. oh, by the way, uh, the Steelers, they won a football game yesterday. They're now three and six. Mike Tomlin over the Saints. But, you know, it just, you just it, it's, it, there's parts of the NFL that we forget about. There's parts of the storylines that we forget about that you sit back and you say, oh, wow, I, I didn't realize that. Oh, I didn't know that. Last night we were watching the San Francisco 49ers. And obviously we had some uh, conversations about the play calling for the Chargers last night, by the way, in our group <laughs> chat. Uh, that Justin Herbert, it's almost to a point you're getting to where are you are you going to let him rot in an offense that doesn't truly let his talents take over? I mean, it's Chargers may not make the playoffs, it feels like it, because it's just blunders every single week. But we'll get to all of that and more. I know we got Howard Balzer. He's going to come up. Uh, in about about 10 minutes, we get Howard Balzer's take on yesterday's game that I was at yesterday, the Rams and the Cardinals. And I don't know how much of you guys uh, or how much do you guys watch Hard Knocks or do you love the Hard Knocks series? Love Hard Knocks. Yeah, so, Haven't started the new one. Love yeah, so everybody's, everybody's watched the training camp Hard Knocks. Yep. But I got a chance to watch this in-season. This is There's a new in-season version of Hard Knocks. Yeah, it started last year. With and the it started last week. And it's sort of, you know, the beginning of the season, and it's all the way up until now of the Arizona Cardinals. And you're getting some of the behind the scenes. Oh, on a week-to-week basis, On a week-to-week basis, which is great. Yeah. Because also it gives people an understanding of what goes on on the NFL sideline, what goes on in the meeting room, the week-to-week preparation. And it also, to me, and I think Del Tufo will love this one, when it comes to audio, you hear the audio on the sideline. Yeah. And so with us as fans, we see a dust-up between mm-hmm. Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. Like, oh, look at that. There's bickering. There's fighting on the sideline. And then you hear the audio on Hard Knocks. It says, hey, bro, I got you. I'm going to get you the ball. I got you. It just wasn't there. The scene wasn't there. The dude was in my face. But an animated interaction with no volume, with, you know, you're watching the game and you don't know what's being said. You think that these two guys are fighting, but these yeah. are two dudes that just say, hey, I got you. I'm going to get you the ball. I couldn't get it to you in that spot. I know you were open, and I'm coming back to you. Relax, chill, dog. That's what Kyler Murray said. So I'm excited to uh, continue to keep watching all of that stuff yeah. as well. And then I know Howard Balzer, who covers the Cardinals, he'll have a lot to say about that. So he'll join us. We're going to get to all the football, your overreactions coming up a little bit later with Brockman. I can't wait to yeah. uh, – 
get some of these overreactions too, because a lot of play people, the game. Yeah, that's how we do it. So play the game. Eight four four two zero four. Rich is the number. Eight four four two zero four seven four two four. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Rich Eisen Show. YouTube, YouTube.com, Rich Eisen Show. You can watch for free on the Roku channel, channel two ten, Sirius XM, Sirius channel two eighteen, XM channel two zero two. We'll get to uh, Howard Balls are coming up in just a minute. And we'll get some of his thoughts on week 10 of the National Football League. But 2000, 2008, 2022, when it comes to the economy, those are some scary years. The dot-com crash, housing crash, and the roller coaster we're going through right now, one thing is certain, everybody, it's a dangerous time to not know your numbers. But over 31,000 businesses have the confidence and clarity they need because they rely on NetSuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system. NetSuite gives you visibility, control of your financials, inventory, HR planning, and budgeting, so you can manage risk without the reliable forecast and improve your margins. Everything you need, all in one place. So how do you prepare for uncertain times? Well, the answer is NetSuite. NetSuite helps you identify rising costs, automate your business processes, and easily see where to save your money. That's why 93% of customers say, hey, they've improved their visibility and control when they upgraded to NetSuite. What are you waiting for? Right now, NetSuite is offering is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. So head to NetSuite.com slash Rich Radio. So go right now. NetSuite.com slash Rich Radio. That's NetSuite.com slash Rich Radio. More Rich Eisen Show coming up next. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Welcome back in to the Rich Eisen Show. Kirk Warson here filling in for Rich. And one of those great stories. I love to hear in Sean Payton, by the way. I love talking to Sean Payton. He's like, oh, you feel so much smarter as a football person talking to Sean Payton. And no, he is not the next Chargers head coach for those people who are listening. I know there's some people who are, are campaigning sure out there. <laughs> yeah, we, we'll see as this season continues to go. Free but, Justin Herbert. <laughs> uh, but joining us now on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line, he's Howard Balzer. He's an NFL insider. You can reach him on Twitter at HBalzer721. He covers the NFL, covers the Cardinals as well, and a co-host weekly Hall of Fame radio show on SiriusXM NFL Radio. Howard, great to be with you always. I'm to start i'm gonna go right into it the nfl week 10 for you what is your biggest takeaway from week 10 my great to be on with you kirk my biggest my biggest takeaway is can we figure anything out yet <laughs> right i mean really usually everyone says well you know you can't make judgments too soon when the season begins but of course everybody tries to right but then everyone says you know 
you know, halfway through, you should have a pretty good feel for a lot of things. But I don't know if we truly do at this point. I mean, yeah, you can see who are the, who are the good teams and, you know, who are going to be in the hunt for the most part. But in terms of separating a lot of those teams, man, I don't, I don't know if it's even possible at this time of the year, which probably is a good thing because the reality is when you get to the postseason at whatever point it is in January and there's seven teams in each conference in the playoffs, you can make a case for a lot of teams making a run at that point because that's just the way the NFL is. So it's what keeps us riveted every week, all the close games that there always are. I mean, Heck, look at the Vikings are a perfect example Mm -hmm. of what I'm talking about. They've won seven in a row now, right? They've won seven in a row, and every game that they've won in that streak has been a one-score game. You know, Howard, I want to stick with that. That's what separates the teams in the NFL is winning those close games. Yeah, I I want to stick with that game because I'm trying to figure it out because obviously the Minnesota, Minnesota Vikings, they won that football game. And there, obviously, there were some mistakes made by the Buffalo Bills that we can say, hey, did Buffalo truly lose that game because of their mistakes or should they have won that game? But, Howard, I want to say this. Who won that game for the Vikings? Is it because of their head coach? Is it because of Kirk Cousins? Is it Justin Jefferson? Is it Dalvin Cook? I mean, how did the Minnesota Vikings pull that game off? It's a great question. And what I always revert to in that question is that players making plays. That's what this league comes down to. When teams struggle and hear, you know, I heard you leading in there about, oh, Sean Payne. Sean Payne's going to be mentioned for every job <laughs> where people perceive their right. teams underachieving. And, and so now it's being mentioned as the Chargers. And how many games would Sean Payton win with that Chargers team playing without their two best wide receivers? I mean, those are the realities of the NFL. But whatever players you have on the field, it's those guys making plays. And obviously, Justin Jefferson made incredible plays in that game but it's still there for the bills to win if they can just execute the center snap <laughs> it seems so easy right <laughs> I, I mean yeah and granted they were in a difficult spot there the one inch line whatever the heck it was right but at least you know hey if you get stuffed in the end zone on a snap because if something happens okay fine but at least execute the snap that's what this league is all about is execution everybody falls all i say this all the time falls all over themselves blaming the coach, whatever the situation, blaming play calling, blaming this, blaming that, comes down to players executing. And I'll, I've always believed that. I believe it now, and I will always continue believing that. We're talking to Howard Balzer, NFL insider, joining the Rich Eisen Show, Kirk Morrison, filling in for Rich. But Howard, to me, has the Josh Allen MVP talk a lot? Has it cooled off a lot? Obviously for me, I, I had Jalen Hurts, a lot of people at Patrick Mahomes in the midseason MVP awards, but uh, it always, it's a game like yesterday for us to realize not only how good Josh Allen is, but there's still some of the things that he does when you say, wow, can you take some of those mistakes that ultimately can cost you a football game? At, you're absolutely 100% right. And that's why I don't know who invented for the first time a midseason, MV, a mid-season award. It's what I do. Yeah, it's just called conversation for radio. That's what I yeah. do every single week. So I try to make up something to talk about and get people angry at me. You know, people get mad <laughs> yeah. at me. Oh, why? it should have been Mahomes. I'm like, exactly. relax. That, it's that, the midseason. I'm curious if you, if you walk into any player's uh, home, is, are there any trophies there for midseason <laughs> awards? I, 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 I don't think so. Right. But, yeah, I mean, you know, Allen's a heck of a player, obviously. Mm-hmm. It, 
That, but that's why they play 17 games right. to see who's you know who left who's left standing at the end of the season, and it's why there's usually there's several pretty good candidates, just as there is for some of the other awards. I, quite honest, I mean I'm one of the 50 that vote on it, right. and I tried not to engage in it too much because we all vote within two or three days after after the last game of the regular season, and that that's obviously when it all matters. But overall. If, if Josh Allen continues doing those things, all of a sudden the Bills aren't the given to go to the Super Bowl, as so many did. I mean, what the heck? Right now they're in third place in their division, mm. right? So, I mean, who knows what's going to happen uh, the rest of the way? And that, again, that's 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 what makes this league so you know so fun to watch and hard to believe. We're sitting here at this point in, Jan- in November, and we've already played ten weeks this season. Just it just flies by every year and the rest of the season will fly by too. You know how one of the things that I, I get a chance to do is I, I see you every year during the Super Bowl and I always laugh because I give you a big hug and I always say, I know you got some difficult conversations coming because you're a Hall of Fame voter. So you're in that room when guys fate in terms of will they be immortalized forever in terms of going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame or will they have to wait a year or two? We were having a spirited discussion before the show started, Howard. Because you look at Kirk Cousins' numbers right now, and look, we don't know if the Minnesota Vikings will or they won't, but if they win the Super Bowl, and Kirk Cousins has the seasons that he's having in terms of the numbers, the production, the the touchdowns, is he not a Hall of Famer? What would it take for Kirk Cousins to be a Hall of Famer if he continues at the rate of play that he's going with right now? Well, if he puts up multiple Super Bowls, Mm. then he enters the conversation. But I'll give you some guys from the past who have never even been in the conversation. And when I say in the conversation, I'm not saying people out there just talking about them, but even being a semifinalist or, of course, getting to be a finalist. And we're talking about, you know, Phil Sims had some great seasons for the Giants and some Super Bowls there. Boomer Esiason uh, with the Bengals. I mean, there, there's, there's some quarterbacks that don't even, don't even get a sniff mm. when, it comes to, when it comes to the Hall of Fame. And so I think with Cousins – he will be judged certainly within the company that he keeps. And that company over the last number of years obviously has been Patrick Mahomes, who will be, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, whoever you want to mention. And there's some, some guys in there that we are saying, oh, my goodness, it's hard to imagine them not being Hall of Famers. So I, I'm, I'm lukewarm on him, certainly. But, but like you said, like I said, if all of a sudden he starts reeling off these years at one after the other, which – would be very difficult because no matter how good you are, it's hard to win Super Bowls. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's it's, it's going to be pretty tough for that. And we all also know that how much it matters who's around the player. Hey, you talk about a guy like Matthew Stafford. I mean, mm. here's a guy who has looked at, okay, pretty darn good quarterback, played a lot of years, couldn't win in Detroit because the teams weren't very good. Last year, they win the Super Bowl, mostly because of the defense, but had the great drive at the end of the game. And all of a sudden, everybody said, oh, he's a Hall of Famer. I'm going, whoa, tap the brakes a little bit there. Mm. and But is he one? I mean, I'd say he might be one more than Kirk Cousins, but I'm not so sure that Matthew Stafford is. So that, that again, is how difficult it is to crack that group. And, and I'll give you a quick one. We just voted this past week on our 25 semifinals for this mm. year. It's going to be announced uh, next week, two days before Thanksgiving, the 25 guys. And this was one of the toughest years I had figuring out who the 25 are going to be. Some The first 10, 12, 15 maybe are, okay, we, we know who those guys are. Right. But then you start looking at some of the other ones on that nominee list, 
and you're and I'm saying, wow, there's a lot of quality players here. And who do you put on? Who do you not include? And you're 25, and I'm sure the 48 others who are voting experienced the same thing. But what it what it does, like I said, it illustrates just how tough it is to get into that uh, special group that gets enshrined every year in camp. Well, I know it won't be tough for a couple of guys, and when their time comes to enter the Pro Football Hall of Fame, we're talking with Howard Balls, our NFL insider, here on the Rich Eisen Show. But two guys, it, it won't, we know their first ballot Hall of Famers when their time does come, but who had the bigger win yesterday, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers or Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers? Wow. I, they were both pretty darn big. Certainly for the Bucks, it means first place, right. 500 record. Uh, Green Bay, obviously, is still looking up at Minnesota in the division, and that's going to be a tall hill to climb in the final weeks of the season. But you know, right now, Kirk, there's only six teams in the NFC with winning records, and three of them are in the NFC East. And so who's going to be maybe that last wild card in the NFC? That, that could come from a bunch of these teams that are you know, right around five and four, four and six, whatever it might be. If the Packers had fallen to three and seven, you can make the argument that maybe they're out of the picture. I mean, who knows? Crazy things can happen, but it's, it's awful difficult to put on that great run at the end of the year. But just to remain relevant, because certainly there's a big difference between, between being two games away from 500 and being four games away at this stage of the season. So pro- probably bigger for Green Bay, uh, but uh, Tampa Bay it certainly solidifies them as what we all expected them to be, which is the team to beat in that division. You know, it, I think in years past, when you beat the Super Bowl champion, you say, oh, that was a big win on the season, right? You, you circle that, oh, big win for that football team. But the Arizona Cardinals beat a down Rams team, and they were without their quarterback, Matthew Stafford, but the Cardinals were without their quarterback, Kyler Murray. It's a win, and it helps out the Arizona Cardinals, but what's the latest now with the Cardinals, especially the Kyler Murray injury? Their next game is on Monday night in Mexico versus the San Francisco 49ers. What did the win yesterday do for Arizona and then just the outlooks for a guy like Kyler Murray moving forward? Well, one thing it does, it eliminates a lot of the negativity uh, for a week, which we know can really be ramped up uh, when teams lose and they don't look good uh, doing that. And they were fortunate to beat a team, like you said, uh, that is very down. What was significant about this game, when you talk about beyond, I'll get to Murray in a second, but beyond the two quarterbacks, the backups that played, is that, both teams lead the league in having 12 different players start on their offensive line in the first 10 weeks of the season. I mean, both teams have been decimated in that line, but what the Cardinals were able to do yesterday with two new starters, two, two more more new starters on the line was Colt McCoy, just get back, boom, 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 three steps for whatever it is and get rid of the football. And, that was how they were able to move the ball, which, you know, Kyler Murray's a different type of guy. And, and so you would think that right now, that now, again, just like Green Bay, they're closer to 500 than they would have been with a loss. Tough one against the 49ers and that defense that you think unless Murray's 100, totally 100%, that they'll go with Colt McCoy again, who just manages the offense very well and gets, gets rid of it quickly. And was able to use both DeAndre Hopkins and Rondale Moore uh, to a strong degree. They had a huge percentage of his targets, and, and and that helped them. And plus, they didn't have any turnovers on offense, so that was big in that game. So, 
you know, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. But like I said, the big big it was big because they're a desperate football team. But they're feeling a lot better about themselves this week, obviously, than they would have with a loss and knowing that another loss would be featured on Hard Knocks on Wednesday <laughs> night. Well, it makes for a better episode, right, Howard? I can't wait to see this episode. I'm gonna get you out of here with this question uh, because. Jeff Saturday won on a Sunday, right? The head coach of the Indianapolis Colts took care of business. They beat the Raiders in Las Vegas. I know you're a football historian, Howard. What did the win for Jeff Saturday and the Indianapolis Colts, what did it do, do you think, for just NFL circles, especially when it comes to the credentials and the resumes needed to be a head coach? Yeah, it's a great question. I don't see too many teams going outside the box and doing something like this on a permanent basis. But who knows? Because I think sometimes, not sometimes, Kirk, a lot of times, is that owners don't think outside the box. And that doesn't mean you go out and hire guys who've never coached before. But to me, most teams, most owners, GMs, whoever, when they're hiring guys, they don't look for true leaders right. for that head coaching spot. They're not looking for a leader. They're looking for the hot coordinator. Well, what's, what, what, what's the point? I mean, just because you're, you're, you're great in the dark room during the week with the tape rolling and you're put, putting together good offensive or ga- defensive game plans, right. it doesn't mean that you can be a leader of an entire roster. And that, to me, is what a head, head, the biggest thing for a head coach to be. And that's what Jim Irsay was looking for in Jeff Saturday. Everything I've seen uh, during last week and after the game was how he just established that aspect of it with his team and let all the assistant coaches coach. And boom, all of a sudden... They get they get a nice win with Matt Ryan back at quarterback. So, and I was saying a lot of these things last week when everybody was all up in arms about how can you do this? It's an interim head coach. I mean, right. that's what it is. And sometimes that's good not to have a guy on your own staff because when you hire an interim coach from your own staff, what are you doing? You're giving a whole bunch of added responsibility to a guy who already has a whole lot in whatever position or if he's a coordinator, whatever he's doing now. That that's and it's basically a no win situation. So he might have changed the narrative for interim coaches. (laughs) I don't know about being a head coach, but I do think, like I said, that teams should be looking more for leadership and all of those things. And it's not only leading players, it's leading your coaching staff too. That's what teams should be looking at more than just who happens to be the hot coordinators at, at that point when the job's open. He's an NFL insider. He's Howard Balzer. Reach him on Twitter at hbalzer721. You can also hear his show. He's a co-host weekly of Hall of Fame Radio on SiriusXM NFL Radio Channel 88. Hey, Howard, uh, I know I'll talk to you before then, but if not, I will see you in uh, Glendale in February. How about that? That's right. It's kind of a unique thing. First time in my career, I don't have to travel. Anywhere. You get a home game, a home Super Bowl for you, Howard. Hey, appreciate the time, Howard. Thank you. My pleasure, man. Happy holidays. Oh, you too. That's Howard Balls are here on the Rich Eisen Show. 844-204-Rich, 844-204-7424. Reach us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Rich Eisen Show. I want to throw that question out. What was your biggest takeaway from the NFL in Week 10? What, What are we missing? What are we not talking enough about? We'll get to more of that coming up next here on the Rich Eisen Show. I can't wait. Got some more things to talk about. Come on back. 
If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. You can listen to the NFL in the NFL app, on the Odyssey app, on the Westwood One Sports.com app. That's right, via Westwood One Station Streams, or by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports, sponsored by AutoZone. Back here, Kirk Borson on the Rich Eisen Show. And, you know, I was thinking about my biggest NFL takeaways from week number 10. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason, I'm going to keep preaching this. The Miami Dolphins, mm-hmm. 0-3 without Tua, and undefeated with him. Like, when, when Tua Tungavailoa is playing, he's a much different quarterback. And I, I tried to go back sometime, I believe. Is that the 2019 draft? 2020. Is it 2020 draft? Yep. Because everybody's trying to figure out if we redid it, right? If we redid the draft, you know, what would it, what would it look like? Burrow, it be, still, Burrow still goes one, right? Burrow still goes one. Yep. But remember when everybody said the Dolphins got – they they got the wrong quarterback. They should have grabbed Justin Herbert. They which should've. is weird. For years, two years, it was like tank for Tua, and then they had right. a chance, and they were like, nope. But the then everybody guy. was so down on Tua, and then everyone was like, oh, the Chargers got the better quarterback, right? And then also in that second round, there was also a quarterback that we'll see tonight in Jalen Hurts. And where where do we look at Jalen Hurts now as a quarterback? Is he now joined that first round of quarterbacks from that twenty twenty NFL draft? Now, obviously, this doesn't. Jordan Love doesn't count. We don't even talk about him. I know. <laughs> poor guy. <laughs> yeah, poor He's guy. Poor Jordan. Love. Yeah, it was just whatever. But I'm looking at those four quarterbacks. Those are the first four. Or you say first five, but I take Jordan Love out. But these are the four quarterbacks in that draft of 2020. And you think about where Joe Burrow has ascended to, and obviously he's already taken his team to a Super Bowl champion. I mean, to a Super Bowl um, visit already. They've already competed in one. But now, who's the next? And I'm looking at Tua and his just each single game. You're like, this dude is actually really good. And I know Tyreek Hill helps him, and I know Jalen Waddle helps him, but no one's talking enough about Mike McDaniel as a head coach and what he's brought. You know, first of all, Mike McDaniel may walk by in the studio, and we may yeah, walk right by him. Like, I don't know who this is, dude. Like, is he an intern or you know, coffee, bro? Yeah. <laughs> and yet, he's got the first place Miami Dolphins. Who saw that? And then. 
you know, obviously we saw Justin Herbert last night. And there's always some good plays and bad plays with, with Justin, but you look at where Jalen Hurts is, and he was not considered in that upper echelon of quarterbacks. And right now, is he not playing better than all of them? Is Jalen Hurts not playing better than all of those quarterbacks that we just mentioned from that 2020 NFL draft? And we get a chance to see him tonight against the Commanders on Monday Night Football to further the point. Again, my midseason awards. And no, I'd happen. This is not a, it's not a sponsored midseason awards, but I just like saying it that he was my MVP because I've seen a guy not only develop, but he was a part of a playoff team a year ago. And Tom Brady just outclassed him. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers are just a better team. Right. And then all of a sudden, I, you saw Jalen Hurts work in the offseason. He worked to get better. And so am I surprised at how much better he is? No, I'm surprised more at his team and how much better his team is. I'm not surprised at him because I've seen him put in the work this offseason. And now he's showing he's, I mean, he's a much stronger. They said he put on about 15 pounds of muscle. And tonight he has another opportunity on national TV. I don't know what it does in terms of what you think about the commanders and their record, but – Jalen Hurts tonight can further the point of how much better of a quarterback that he is. He's the leading quarterback in the NFC, right? If the Pro Bowl voting were today, he's the first quarterback. Who's better than him in the NFC right now? In the NFC Who's right better than Jalen Hurts in the yeah, NFC Yeah, I mean, right all, now? all the top quarterbacks, if you just go you know, yeah. to like a stats page, everyone's in the AFC. It's Patrick yeah. Mahomes, it's Josh Allen, it's Joe Burrow, it's Geno Smith, it's Justin Herbert. Yeah. I think your NFC quarterbacks are probably – Hurts, Tom Brady, and Kirk Cousins are probably your NFC quarterbacks. Gino, you got Gino in there. Is Gino, 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 that's yeah. true. Yeah, Gino had a couple throws yesterday. Like, that's what true. Was Gino. That, Gino? Yeah. <laughs> what was yeah, that? Yeah, Gino came back down to earth a little bit, but just talking about Miami. I mean, right. two has been balling. Three touchdowns in each of the last three games. They right. put up thirty plus points. Uh, gonna hit on this a little bit later in overreaction too, but their offense is just clicking at a level now that. Mm. We haven't seen. I was listening in, in a long time. I was listening to Simmons, and there he was talking about the the the, the greatest show on turf. He talked about the '99 Rams, and yeah. in terms of this offense and and how they're clicking, and it's a lot about who they acquired in the off season. They look, they go get those running backs from San Francisco. Mike right. McDaniel is really proving himself to be a really smart, intelligent, innovative head coach. Mm-hmm. And why can't Miami? win the Super Bowl or come out of the AFC. Why not? They're in first place, first place. in the AFC East right now. They hold the tiebreaker over Buffalo. And they hold the tiebreaker <laughs> over Buffalo. Like right. Buffalo is all the way down to six in the AFC playoff standings right now. And, man, Miami, it's a weird place to play. Weird stuff happens in Miami. Now, look, we're going to find yeah. out just how good they are. The next six weeks, they have a really hard schedule. Yes. they got some tough road games coming up. they got to go at New England. they got to go at Buffalo. <laughs> Dolphins seem like they're kind of for real. Is it weird seeing the, the Patriots in last place in the uh, AFC East? In the playoffs. We're the seventh <laughs> seed right now. Come on, Kirk. Put just, some respect I'm on that. I'm just saying. It is kind of weird. You know, but it, it's so much great football that we talk about. We haven't even got to the Saturday slate, you know, college football. You know, so many good things that happened throughout that game. And the Pac-12 and what happened, it just all jumbled up, messed up some of the, uh, the playoff talk for the Pac-12. But for me, you know, I get a chance to do college football on Saturday. It's part of my duties of doing college football. But I get excited when I get a, a game, an assignment to where I can go see with a flavor of a city. And more importantly, if it's a truly big city, not a college town, you get a chance to go see the local basketball team. So last couple of weeks, I've been, been, been fortunate enough to go catch a little basketball while I'm nice. getting ready for football. Two weeks ago, I'm in Memphis. 
got a chance to see the Memphis Grizzlies, okay? And I will say this. I have never seen John Morant live before. Never seen him live. Went to the Memphis Grizzlies game for our first time there. And he is every bit of what you pay for when you go to an NBA game. He is so smooth. He is he's slippery. He's I kind of like I'm trying to compare to watching his game is like, you know, those tall grass field mazes. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Where sure, it's like yeah, yeah. you're trying to find it. But he's got a basketball and he's just just guiding through the maze and he's dribbling and he's dribbling. And all of a sudden he sees the opening and it's just an explosion like, whoa, you know what I mean? Like, he took off on someone and it, he didn't complete the dunk. But it's one of those things where everybody in the fans like a horror myth film. Everybody just in there see like, whoa, what was that? And just watching him live. And look, you know, I've seen LeBron, I've seen Kobe, seen a lot of, but to see some of these new stars, and I know we're talking NBA early in here because the NBA is in full swing, but there's certain players who you're watching. And I finally saw John Morant live, and I was just like, this was worth the price of admission. Yeah, TJ, he brings off like Iverson vibes. Yeah, oh, yeah. Because like his slight build and how explosive he is and how he can get to the rim and. And you, you said it too, Kirk. Jaw's not afraid to try to throw down on anyone. Right? Not at all. He's not intimidated by the big guy down there. He will put you on a poster and not apologize for it. <laughs> so he's crazy fun to watch. The league is in such good hands with all this young talent. Like we were talking in the break, there's eight guys in the league right now averaging over 30 points a game in the, in the first three weeks. It's, it's incredible. Talent is at an all-time high in the league, and it's like so fun to be a fan and sit back and kind of watch these games every single night. I just got to see the Thunder because I was in Oklahoma City. <laughs> To see, I had Oklahoma State and Iowa State. So before I got up to Stillwater, oh, I got a basketball game here. We go see. So fans and I was behind. I sat in front of some fans who were just excited. They were just all in. They were just like SGA, SGA. Oh yeah. And it says Shea Gilgis Alexander, Josh Giddy. All right, and against the Toronto Raptors, they're without Pascal Siakam. But you're watching, you know, Fred Van Fleet. You're watching guys who are knocking down shots. And I'm like, the NBA. There's a lot of players who you don't know. They don't have that same recognition as the superstars, but it's still a good brand of basketball. So I've been, I, I get excited when I get a chance to have a little bit of time to go watch something different than football. That's it's like fun. my cleanse for a yeah, little bit. Really then cool. I go back in because I'm consumed Saturday and Sunday with football mm-hmm. from the morning watching like college game day and getting ready for the, the slate of games all day long, all night. Because you don't go to sleep. I always say this. After I do a football game as a broadcaster, there's like this coming down period, right? There's just like there's an adrenaline rush, and then I have to sit down and kind of relax. And I always tell myself, oh, I'm going to go to bed at 9. <laughs> and next thing you know, if you're on the East Coast, you're watching at 12 o'clock, you know, Pac-12 after, after dark, dark <laughs> and you're sitting there saying, oh, my. <laughs> and you're, you're hooked. That's, you're trapped. I, love I do those games. <laughs> oh, they're so much fun. There's so much. And then all of a sudden, don't get a tight game, right? The other day was like Oregon, you know. Yeah, Oregon yeah. and Washington. Oregon and yeah. Washington. You're watching like, oh. And now I'm hooked. I can't turn it off yeah. because the game is coming down to the wire in Oregon. Yeah, they lost that football game, making their matchup this week versus Utah a little bit different. But it gives you this that little bit. And I, I couldn't really sleep because you got to wake up and then you had Tampa Bay versus Seattle the next morning. Right. Wake so up early. You understand this now. You know, you're a father. You get yeah. it. For me, the, the greatest thing is now streaming. And so my wife, she gets on me all this all the time. Like, you're, you, how do you have the football game on? I was like, well, I, I'm still here with my kid, but I have the football game on my phone. And I just got it propped up. I said, like, I don't want to miss the big play. 
But I can still be here. I can help out and cook dinner. I can You're still present. do this. I'm present. Yeah. yeah. It was like, well, I said, but you know, also, this is part of what I do. That's how we got to pay for this. Yeah, baby. this is like, <laughs> try to, this is part of what I do. You got to be locked in. Do you like this house? <laughs> like, pay for itself. <laughs> I'm watching the game. Like, I'm also, I'm staying, you know, entrenched in what's going on. These are some big games that I watch. I mean, this is Sunday night football. It's huge. Yeah. And then tonight, Monday night football. So, that's part of the, the day where you're taking kids to gymnastics, yep. but you also got the phone out like this. And everybody <laughs> thinks you're, but you got to have a serious face when you do it, though. You can't have a face like you're enjoying it. You just got to watch the face like, yeah, like you're contemplating something. Yeah, right. like, I have a face that I use where I'm concerned and like, oh, man, what's going on? Oh, I'm just checking my just, uh, Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't, don't even check go there. Don't, don't check that. Right. <laughs> we don't have don't to go there. Right. Uh, but. You know, another another big takeaway I mentioned uh, Tua and the uh, the Miami Dolphins, but I think another big takeaway that I've been looking at, and it's been a disappointment for me too. And I, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but no pun intended here. But the Broncos, yeah. it's another loss Brutal. for Russell Wilson and what this Denver Broncos franchise put all in with Russell Wilson, and they're not getting the results. And I think in a results based business, the Denver Broncos are three and six. They're three and six in a division, and this is how we all know that we all messed up. <laughs> the AFC West was supposed to be the premier. They were supposed to be the SEC. Yeah. And right now, they are the FCS, with, right? <laughs> with, with like North Dakota State being, obviously, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Right. But I am so down on the AFC West, and it's more because of my Raiders and also the Denver Broncos, man. Man. Dude, you're Raiders, bro. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. It's, 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 it's hard to deal with uh, watching w- what we expected to be one of the best divisions in terms of its quarterback play. Justin Herbert, right? Russell Wilson, Derek Carr, Patrick Mahomes. And I still think we don't give Patrick, Holmes, Patrick Mahomes enough, enough credit. He's the MVP he's right now, right? Yes. And that. I love reiterating this over and over because this is what we do as media members, right? There always there has to be a winner and a loser. There has to be. There has to be a winner and a loser in a trade, in a game, whatever. But I've never seen a situation where a trade, both sides won. Like the trade with Kansas City and Miami, both sides won. Like that is a handshake deal that says, hey, thank you for Tyreek Hill. And the Miami Dolphins are one of the best teams in the NFL. But then also the Chiefs said, yeah, we traded away Tyreek Hill, but we are also a team that is, I won't say they're better without him, but, you know, watching that offense, they haven't skipped a beat. Yeah, it just opens up more. It just, every, I mean, Mark Marquez Valdez-Scantlin is catching passes. I mean, hopefully Juju Smith has come back, right? It seems like they're working a lot harder to score those points without Cheetah, though. I don't know that they're necessarily better without him. Kadarius Toney better thank Andy Reid and Brett (laughs) Veach. She's like, thank him. Yeah, right. He has resurrected a career that people thought was gone. Just an outcast in New York with the Giants, and now all of a sudden he's one of the best players on an offense in Kansas City. We'll get to all of that more. Coming up in the next second hour, Andrew Brent.